0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We're back finally with a new episode. Um, just to give everyone a rundown, we've had many life-changing events going on in mine and uh, Mulan Abu Khalid's life, uh, which have caused the podcast to basically take some time on the back burner. Uh, but alhamdulillah, we are back. Um, unfortunately, though, we're not joined by Mama because I've actually moved out of the northeast uh, back into the northwest. So going forward, we'll have episodes from both locations. And obviously, we ask for your sincere du'as for this podcast to be a means of good and carry on the work we are doing, inshallah. Uh, today I'm honored to be joined not only by my brothers in Islam, some of my closest friends, but people I genuinely look up to and hold in very high regard. We have Mawiz, Talha Talhan Muhammad joining us. So I met Muiz and T in uni in the northeast and we had a couple of houses on the same street basically with about eight of us. So I've had the pleasure of knowing them for a few years now, Alhamdulillah. And Muhammad Mullah is one of the brothers in our Talim group and friends from day one with T. Uh, He actually runs his own podcast, and trust me, I don't really shout out many things uh, on this podcast, uh, but his one is an amazing one to listen to. He's just released one on trauma and mental health, which I know will bang, but I've not had a a second to listen to it yet, but uh, make sure to check out Grateful Graduates wherever you listen to your podcasts, and also give them a follow on Instagram, inshallah. Before I let them introduce themselves, I wanted to tell you a little story about how I actually met um, Moise and T, um, and it involves Mama as well, so it's a good one. Uh, when I was going to university, one of the things I was worried about at that time was meeting the right people. Before this, I didn't really have any Muslims around me in the area I was living in, and it was difficult. Um, sometimes you just don't feel comfortable in your own skin. Um, I had friends from Blackpool and other places, but it wasn't a daily interaction sort of thing. So anyways, it's fresh as Week, and I'm at my mama's house, just to keep myself away from all the fitna, and we go on to discussing friendships and the importance of it and whatnot. And mama tells me what our beloved Hazra told him And that was when you step out of the house One of the intentions you should make is to meet good people Who will bring you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And remind you of him Now at this point I'm thinking I'm, I'm pretty much nuts Because I've never even thought of that I've never thought of it as an intention or uh, Something I need to internalise Anyways I make a big dua about uni, friends And everything going on in my life at the time And a couple of days later I see Moise and Harris At the ISOC building uh, I think we were going bowling or It was one of the uh, escape yeah, rooms or bowling. something Yeah now Moiz was kitted out in uni the guy came in like as a fashion show every day so I noticed him anyway and I was reading on the namas the behind them and I saw Moiz put his right foot up when into shahud so when you're sitting down you know at the hiad, and I don't know why I thought that was my sign. That was my sign from Allah. And uh, it probably wasn't like, but yeah, after I got chatting to him and Harris and we went to the skate room or whatever. And from then it, from then on, um, I met T, Ali Abs and the rest of the man. Uh, and that was it really. It was like a true brotherhood where Ramadans came and went. At the time, we were joined by Niaz and Shakal Bayar, where we all took turns to cook. Jummah together, then chicken shack was a must. And honestly, every single one of them brothers I have nothing but good words for them. We'll come on to many topics, but one of the main things even before getting started is you have to have the intention of meeting good people in this case, uh, but in general about being better anyway. You have to want to achieve it, um, you have to want it to achieve it, sorry. If you're going to school or uni with the intention of not bettering yourself in terms of company, what do you expect? You have to internalise the external that you want. Uh, So I'll let the boys introduce themselves where they're studying, what they're currently doing inshallah ta'ala, before we jump straight into it, so T, do you want to go first?
1: Assalamualaikum. I'm um, T. Toha, whatever you want to say. Um, I'm currently a software engineer based in Manchester. Studied computer science with Moiz uh, in Newcastle, where I'm at Jihan. Um, Come on, man! You got more going on than this. Well, I, to be honest, that's currently all I've got going on in life. Unfortunately, but Alhamdulillah, it's good. It's it's kicking. Um. Yeah, Moise
2: yeah assalamu alaikum guys it's mo i mean some of you probably already know me most of them know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm the part-time resident bengali you know what i mean uh yeah g's already covered most of it i met but uh, most of these lads through uh uni at newcastle uh, so i studied computer science yeah, along with t and a few others uh, currently i've got a job as a software engineer so i'm working from home in nottingham right now so life's life's question there <laughs> <They're> just <laughs> Same old same old. Uh, yeah, no, honestly, I really appreciate you inviting me uh, to come and talk on this as well, because honestly, it's uh, benefiting me as uh, as much as it's benefiting anyone else as well, just because it allows you to get yourself in the mindset and think about these things rather than just going about your day willy nilly. And yeah, no, I really appreciate
3: it.
0: Yeah.
3: And uh, my name is uh, Mohammed. I'm a graduate of Aston University. I studied uh, psychology and business. Um, I'm also a marketing enthusiast, so I'm basically um, a, a graphic designer, um, I do a lot of graphic design work. Um, I've got my own little business on the side. I'm also a co-host on another podcast called Grateful Graduates. Um, I am currently um, working at Blackburn College as a uh, attendance and progress mentor. So I essentially just uh, help students re-engage with their course if they're absent for whatever reason. And I'm still trying to find my way. So again, after this, I'm probably going to be um, looking for other roles and stuff. But uh, essentially, um, I'm looking for something that I can maybe utilize my degree. So once again, I do want to thank um, Jihan for inviting me on this podcast. And uh, yeah, hopefully this will be beneficial for all of you.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mo, Moise touched on it there and then, like I think when we were in Croydon and we sort of sat around like this, probably with like some burgers and that around and we did send, tend to discuss these sort of things anyway. Um, but I think it was firstly, like I mentioned in the beginning, like the intention of having them good friends. So T, um, how did you meet Moise? I can't actually remember the story.
1: <clears throat> I mean to be fair, so it'll make more sense if I explain how my college was. I went to a college my friend group there was predominantly white, non-Muslim and it was okay, nothing to say anything against them, but it's as Jen said earlier, it's, it's not completely comfortable. Uh, you don't have that environment that you're actually looking for. So when, when going out to university, I knew I wanted some Muslim friends. I knew that would help me a lot with my own uh, deen, my own Ibadah, everything. And yeah, I was just I remember seeing Moise sat there. Thinking, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember walking up to him, says, just said hi, everything, and like probably like ten seconds, I like, "Are you Muslim?" Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, since then I've just been spo- uh, speaking to him. Um, went down to ice with him the same day. Eventually met Jihan. He offered me a Pringle. It was a bit stale. Yeah. <laughs> it was the ones they handed out like, he yeah, like, offered me food. Um, so that was a lifelong friend from that as well.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I think it was one of the things where ISOC actually brought us all, I'm sure Muller's got the same stories uh, down in Aston, but ISOC is such a crucial part of anyone going to uni, uh, in my opinion anyway, because when you go to uni, you're not going to meet Muslims naturally most of the time anyway, especially when in Newcastle or them sort of areas where, it's, where it is predominantly white. And, um, but ISOC, I just want you to guys talk about some of your experiences with ISOC itself. Like I remember going on our first day there, I don't know if you remember, they were trying to close down the prayer room in Newcastle. Oh, yeah, and then that, yeah. um, mm. that big Molana was going around recording everyone, like, you know, the main uh, Molana is going around recording everyone, telling us, asking us to say, um, like save the prayer space or something like that. And um, I just remember thinking about that. And if that wasn't there, if that facility of ISOC wasn't there, we probably wouldn't have met. I think all of our friends literally met at ISOC. I mean, we dipped after that, like to, to before we started <laughs> recording, but um, that was where it was mainly like focused towards. Um, but yeah, how? What do you think is the most important thing? Do you think it is company when in going to uni? Like, what is the most important attribute to how whether it goes well or whether it goes bad? Um, to you know, is it in terms of company? Is it just the way you are, your mentality? Uh, we'll start with Muller. Yeah, so I think when it comes to university, it's all about the intention as to why exactly you're going.
3: Um, I will say this to everyone who wants to go to university, like why exactly do you want to go to university and what do you want to get out of it? You know, essentially a lot of people do go to university to get their degree, but you know, you don't want to just focus on that the entire time. You want to, as Muslims, you should also focus on the Akhirah, not just the dunya. So while you're working on the dunya, what are you doing to also work on your Akhirah? And that's something that you need to, that's the intention that you need to internalize with pretty much everyone. Um, so I think when it does come to stuff like this, as long as you have the right intention, and you do go to um, Aston ISOC, let's say, let's say you go to the Aston ISOC um, and you have the intention that okay I want to meet other brothers that are like-minded and also want to have the same like growth and have basically build that here If you have that intention a lot of other people who go to ISOC are probably going to have the same intention as you so essentially you'll already build that brotherhood and you already have the a similarity between the other people there and through that you can bond with each other. You know I've, uh, I've bonded with a lot of brothers from Uh, my university purely because we all had the same intention is that we wanted to be better muslims, we basically wanted to um, work on ourselves, our deen, uh, while also um, working on our dunya as well and alhamdulillah since we all had the same intention we all um, essentially formed a companionship and we all supported each other in that as well. So it's very important to basically have that right intention and make sure your companions also also have the same intention as you so that you can support one another and then not only that but you can also improve on um, your dunya and your akhi at the same time.
0: Yeah, I think it's something that you guys covered in your podcast actually about having company that are wanting to better, the, better themselves in every aspect of life. Yeah. And it's something we spoke about a lot in Newcastle was, you know, how do we, you know, you see the memes about like, oh, if your friendships group's not uh, discussing stocks and crypto and all this, <laughs> they, what do they do? It's a bit like yeah. that. Like we were always thinking of different ways to become better. We actually started... Um, where we met my love with what's called Talim Tuesdays. Uh, that Talim group started at uni. I don't know if you remember, so T. I think. Yeah, yeah. You got the, the Zayla and you were like, yeah, bro, I want all the barakah for this. <laughs> <laughs> and, we and we sat there, and I remember in Ramadan as well, reading we Quran together, reading um, Jamaat together as well, when we couldn't make it out of the masjid. And I think that brotherhood is just something that you can't find anywhere else. Honestly, I think uni is quite specific for that. Unless you've got friends that you've grown up with and stuff, it's quite hard to, to form them sort of friendships. But like Muller mentioned, we were all in the same boat, we all wanted the same thing. We all wanted to better ourselves. But for the people that think that you that not to go to uni, that you have to, for you to keep maintain your iman, you don't, you shouldn't go to uni. Because there's some people that do think like that. What would you say to them, Uh Yeah, no, I will touch on that a little bit uh, just with
2: <coughs> Muller was on about before as well. Um, like for my intention of going to uni, like. On the flip side of obviously getting a degree and studying and getting a good job and stuff, I went there to have fun as well at yeah, the end When I was 16 17, I knew I was going there like, to have a good time as well. But like, touching on that with like a lot of people who recently started trying to become more uh, into Islam or like reverts, they feel like maybe you can't have fun and still be on the right track at the same time. Yeah. But, like, I think that's the complete wrong take on things. So like like we were saying, we met through ISOC and we did loads of things through ISOC, uh, like escape rooms, football, uh, theme parks and all sorts of stuff. And it's just the fact that uh, a lot of people think, oh, you have to go out clubbing or you have to do X, Y, Z to have fun at uni just to get the general uni experience, quote unquote. Uh, a lot of people thought that even like uh, Muslims and uh, it's completely like the wrong way to take things just because there's uh, other people out there that non-muslims that are doing that and they, that's where they get their fun it doesn't mean we need to start delving into that sort of stuff as well yeah 100%. you could see that with other societies well, societies as well like the uh, packs sort of yeah. like that. you know there's a lot of like free mixing and XYz going on there and they're a bit mad you know yeah, <laughs> so a lot of uh, they're a little bit war and this you know, if you're not going to be in touch with your religion, then there's no point as in, I don't know what you're really representing at that point. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, you might be representing your nationality, but you're definitely not representing your religion at that point. Yeah, yeah I think there is a there is a very fine balance between cultural identity and religious identity. Yeah, I mean, too, talking on the way to uh, picking up mullah like, it's about having that, um, yeah, being proud of your culture at the same time, but you've got to have your, your religion comes first and foremost in everything. And if you're not representing Islam, then what are you... you like you said, what are you really representing? Um, Tio's going to ask you, like... Mo just touched on it there, actually. But, like, do you think it's difficult for people these days that go to uni to stay away from Haram? And how, how do you think we managed... Like, not we managed it, we didn't... I don't know I mean, but like, <laughs> how do you think we should have managed it or, you know, going back, or if you had to look back retrospectively?
1: I mean, to be honest, it is difficult. Especially yeah. in this day and age, in this environment where we are in, in the West right now. Yeah, It's, it's definitely difficult uh especially in our circumstances when we went to newcastle th- you could literally spot the few of us that were not white yeah it was easy it was easy yeah. <laughs> we we were lucky and smart enough to make the decision to be friends and build that environment that might hold for ourselves where we could cultivate our dean and look towards our accurate but it could have very easily gone the other way if we were to have friends that weren't um of the same thinking as us I could very see, easily see myself spiral out of control and, yep. and follow the same steps as everyone else. But Alhamdulillah, it's it's definitely necessary to <clears throat> uh, find the people that have the same intention as you, to make that intention in the first place and to actually go out of your way and make sure that that happens rather than just following the same narrative as everyone else. Um, yeah, as I was saying, it, it would have been very easy. It would have been much easier, especially uh, to stick with the other crowds to spiral out of control, especially in a place like Newcastle, that's a lot of people tend to say, go there for uni for its nights out.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's not exactly known for, yeah, man, go there. You can go, there's a great mosque there. No, yes. we had a small prayer space. Alhamdulillah, as much as I have respect for it and love for that spot. That's where I met everyone. But even even with the intention of currently going, I like what we said earlier, my intention wasn't to go out and be a better Muslim. It wasn't to be a worse Muslim either. It was just to have a little bit of fun. I was very fortunate, very lucky to meet used to meet Jihan, meet uh, the other lads and have that support group around me where it would cultivate um, my dear my Islam, respect for religion.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of the things that is, like, I think everyone's mentioned really, it has to be a conscious decision. Like it can't be something that you just go and you just do. And everyone has the intention of having fun when they go to uni. Like, nobody does, but everyone knows their own personal yeah. boundaries and it's about not mirroring them with other people's boundaries like some people might go and do xyz go clubbing or whatever but you've got to remember that your boundary was was never that um, and i think sometimes it's sad to say but your boundary has to get pushed for you to realize what your boundary is and if you've not got that conscious decision beforehand your boundary is always going to get pushed you're never going to know when the line is and where the line is um, and it's similarly to whether you're going to school or uni or wherever and um, it's just about having a work as well sorry it's about having your clear boundaries and keeping your um, your religious identity because when we start to dilute that, when their boundaries become our boundaries, that's when the problems lie. Um, but yeah, what, what were the things that you did, Mullah, like just to keep your, to protect your mind from going astray, like you went to Aston, so it obviously, uh, there's a lot of Asians in that uni, there's a lot of Muslims in that uni, but not every Asian or Muslim is a good Muslim or, a, you know, a good person. So how did you, um, we didn't have the problem like T mentioned, like we just saw a brown person and we were like, yeah, man, we're <laughs> <Are> you Muslim. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, with you, how did you, like, how do you... Um, what's the word for it? How do you weed out your friends? Like, how do you judge your friends? Like, how do you sort of make that friendship companion? Who do you choose? Um, well, to be fair, before I started university, I was I was already looking out for people who are good influences, um, and
3: luckily someone did reach out to me saying they want to know someone who go, was gonna to go to Aston University, yeah. and I met them. Uh, the, that's they're probably the first person I ever met. And you probably know this guy as well. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but essentially, he was the first person I met, and ever since then, he had the same mindset as me. And ever, I think, I think from then on, every person that he was meeting, I could tell that they were like, if they got along with me and him, then I would know that they're yeah, it's like opposite. It? Yeah, <laughs> it's like that. And um, I think, I think I mentioned this on my own podcast as well. But when it comes to friendship circles, it's all about like introducing yourself and making it very clear as to what exactly you're about. And it's very clear, once it's clear to you that their vibes or like their kind of aura kind of matches yours, then you know that they're going to be a good asset to you and they're going to be a good friend to you. Um, you know, you can just tell straight from the get go or just from their body language, the way they talk. Um, it's like if it matches yours or if it's like something where it's it's a bit dodgy or whatever. Yeah. Then, then you know that you what they're all about. And you probably you, it's like naturally you'd want to stay away from them or naturally you want to be more inclined towards them. Um so it just depends on the person, I guess. Um, but for me, I think it was a lot to do with, like, um, I, I genuinely wanted to better myself and better my religion. So that's why I was very, very picky as to who I wanted as friends. And whenever, let's say I was friends with someone else and there were they were friends with someone else as well, um, if I could feel like that third person wasn't, um, wasn't that kind of, on the same level as me, or whatever, or as if, as if I felt like they didn't have the right intentions, then I'd stay away from them, but I'd keep my kind of connection with the first person, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, and it just kind of continued like that, and slowly we built upon like a good solid foundation because essentially the people who have the right mindset, they'll stay around, whereas the people who don't have the right mindset or probably won't vibe with you as much, they'll slowly drift away from you anyway. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people, they need to realize that because um, essentially they feel as though. The people who they're stuck with it's just them for the rest of the for the rest of the journey but it's not exactly like that like you've got to be very picky to begin with and once you are that picky and once you have um that solid foundation in terms of who you want as your friends then you know you stick with them and just specifically then for the rest of the journey and again you'll pick up more friends as you go along and you'll probably lose friends as you go along but essentially as long as you've got your iman and you've stayed strong to what you believe in it's completely fine
0: yeah, sorry to take on.
1: I was gonna say, yeah, you definitely want to find a group where you can unapologetically be yourself as well as unapologetically indulge in your indulge might be the wrong word, but in your religion. Yeah. In your deen. Um as well as that if you have the right group of friends, you have um basically a, a support space to keep you accountable as well. Like there are definitely times where myself, friends of mine have gone astray. Not not completely, but um even to a slight degree you want friends around you like Moise has looked me a lot of times in the eyes and told me when I'm doing something wrong and I appreciate that
2: no worries
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you definitely need a group of friends that will be very straight with you as well and you know they're there for you um, yeah, so realistically I'm just agreeing with what Mohamed said
0: yeah I think one of the things we actually discussed before starting was that taste of freedom that you get and being held accountable sometimes can feel like a restriction on your freedom like if one of your friends is saying oh you can't do that man like that's not what we're about Sometimes it can come across as like, if you take it the wrong way, the person that's giving you the advice is always going to be right. But if we take it the wrong way, we might be thinking, oh, I've just left my mum and dad. They're not even telling me not to do this. And this guy's telling me, but they are the people that you need around you, like that will hold you accountable, like we mentioned before, for your boundaries. Um, one of the things that we just, well, we haven't touched on really, but like friends and family, they do... Obviously, we've talked about our friends a lot, but how can our like family support their sons or daughters going to university where they are going to taste that freedom no matter what? Um, but how do they sort of instill that within them? Obviously, it starts from young. It starts from before they even you know old enough to go to uni and stuff. But um, during that time, what what did your families do, or what did you wish your families did? Um, you know, to hold you a bit more accountable, maybe, or whatever, anything really.
2: Yeah, no, I'll talk on that one. Uh, it's not, yes, yeah, it's, it's my family, uh, not directly, but technically, yeah. Zamir, yeah. uh, like a dear older brother. He's someone who's played like a big role in my life from like when I was younger, and he's uh, pretty much a older brother figure for me. And I don't know, inshallah, he's listening to this as well. But, uh, it barely, yeah. be, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, before I went to university, I remember in the in the summer holidays off, uh, he was just explaining to me that the one piece of advice that he had for me was just to make sure I don't lose my dean. And uh, at that time, I was younger, I was like, bro, how's that going to happen? Uh, that's like, That's borderline impossible. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, no worries, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that, that'll be easy. Uh, but yeah, even like, uh, as T was mentioning, that like first, second year, uh, I think the first year is probably your most difficult, where you're finding yourself the most. Yeah. Because that's the first time people have gone out to live on their own and like, begin their like, adulthood life, I'd say. And yeah, there was quite a few people that I'd see that would go astray. Uh, early on in their lives, or early on at the start of university, and then I, I started realizing that what he said actually has a big, big impact. And that's something that I held quite close to me. And I realized uh, the things that I do here that like, have a massive imp- influence on like, my future and like, my akhirah. Yeah, and it's very, very easy to lose your deen here. Where you know, we, we didn't have a majority Muslim like, population over there, like, yeah, no, definitely. Whatever. Yeah, so
0: I think, uh, so I was gonna say like yeah. my dad was the same, he was like whatever you do in these three years is going to make or break you. Like you're either going to become a good person or a bad person, depending on your company. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. I was like, first year I was hanging around with like some, some not, not the best people in the first year, <laughs> but like, you know, I was still going in you know, the Mars and stuff and doing everything. But like, I could feel that what my dad was saying coming into action. Like I could feel that like you could sort of start slipping away. Your boundaries get a little bit bigger. You're like, well, oh, that doesn't matter too much. And you stop holding yourself accountable, which is you know, the biggest problem. Um, but yeah, friends and family can always help you no matter what the situation. You've just got to be open and speak to them. I think Ali the who says about you know the the journey and the the journey of childhood and how to be a parent, etc. And uh, we've had it on the podcast before. And um, one of the Molanas, Molana Gilman, he mentioned that um, after the age of like 12, 13, whatever, you've just got to be your child's best friend. And I think that's so important. And um, by being a best friend, you don't you hold them accountable, just like T said to Moise, you know, how he held him accountable. But at the same time, you've got to be there to listen to to things that aren't going to be great. You know, you you have to be open to listen to that. And your child or, you know, the person who's going to uni has to be open enough to say it as well and not be, like, scared of what my parents are going to say or what, what's my brother going to say or X, Y, and Z. And I think, like you mentioned, like, um, Zamir, like, it's having someone there that's both accountable, but also you can sort of just openly speak to if you can't openly speak to each other then it is it causes a big big problem and um, not just in terms of like family and stuff but um your friends as well um one of the things that obviously like i struggled with anyway uh, personally was maintaining like studies and namaz and keeping intact like because it's a big change going to uni is a big change we all lived out um we'll come onto that later <laughs> but uh, we all lived out so it was kind of you sort of sort your own timetable out and stuff and and um, one of the things that helped me was when Mama mentioned, like, just put the Jamaat times of your masjid, of the local masjid, just put that in your like daily diary or whatever, and, and just remember that you've got to go to ISOC uh, mosque for that time. And I think that that's something that really, really does help. And I think Munchy is one of our friends from South Africa who was at uni with us as well. He used to tell me the same thing. So I met him through his trick that I've now used as well. He goes after Namaz. Read two regards of Nuffel, and nothing, um, after everyone's finished and stuff, and just read two regards to Nuffel, and just sit there, and somebody will come up to you, it's worked every single time. Weirdly, he came, he I came up to him at that point, but um, you know, he's come up to me many times after that, and it, it's one of them tricks that works. You know, I came to Bolton, I did the same thing. People started talking. I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same sort of um feeling, but it's about holding that um your friendship and your stuff, your namaz and stuff um alongside your studies. So academic-wise, like when people are thinking of uni do you think it's actually hard is it people say first year is easy you're only at 40% like what do you guys think about balancing your deen and the dunya in terms of your studies
1: i mean to be fair university only takes so much of your day regardless of what you do regardless of how much you procrastinate it's only going to take so much time especially in your first year i mean obviously it does differ from case to case if you're doing medicine you might be a little bit busier than someone doing art not to throw shade (laughs) (laughs) but um, effectively you have so much time if you're if you're comfortably sleeping waking up late whatever you're doing regardless it's gonna even if you're working really hard um, you're gonna max do like four hours a day yeah if you're doing that much like don't worry you've got it calm you're all good you can definitely fit in your salary on that you can definitely fit in everything you need to do in your daily needs around that easily if you're eating you can pray salah yeah like it it doesn't take long to work stuff out work out how long it's going to take to do something and just build it around that you gotta also understand that your dean is more important so you want to build everything around your dean. but um it definitely it's definitely feasible i mean speaking from like personal experience i wasn't too great especially in like my first year even like the first half of my second year my masala slacked, like it was here and there. When I go to ISOC, then I'll catch him out. Otherwise, I some there were some days I'd even miss Jummah assafbullah. But it did happen. Yeah. Uh, but like Mawiz was saying, he had he had his brother figure with Zamir, telling him, uh, giving him the advice. I remember going home around Christmas time in second year, and my brother told me, plain and simple, he didn't say it as eloquently, it was maybe <laughs> a bit more explicit. He was like, Stop messing about you're gonna go to hell, and I was like safe <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> i can't disagree with that <laughs> it it's, yeah it's, it's a perfectly valid statement um from then alhamdulillah salah so kicked in properly but you can definitely work everything else around it i mean i i was in computer science which some would argue uh, argue is a very difficult degree yeah. some would say maybe it's not each to <laughs> their own but i can tell you very happily that when it came to my final exams i was not revising studying for them for the first time less than 12 hours before the exam Alhamdulillah, it was all good. So yeah. if you put your head to it, you can you can definitely, you can pray your Salah, you can pray your Quran, pray everything. There's there's no absolutely no excuse.
0: Yeah, I think it starts with that intention that like we mentioned at the beginning of if you're waking up at whatever time and going about the day, like just like you, you're not thinking about it, you're not pre-planning it. Um, you, you're never going to get it in time because things run away from you. Whereas if you get up consciously, like, oh, I'm going to read Quran after Fajr, I'm going to do this or that, you know, between my breaks, or I'm going to go to ISOC to pray namaz at this time. Them things will naturally happen because you've already pre, like, pre-planned like it. Um, and you make that intention on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make things easier for you anyway. Um, but I think studies, is, uh, people say uni is time intensive, but it's really, like like T mentioned, I think it's it's chilling. Like When you start working, that's time intensive. <laughs> that's time like, and stuff and fitting namaz. In, uh, we shouldn't say fitting namaz, but fitting work around your namaz, etc. But um, uni, I just think it's just so, I don't know, what about you, Mullah? Like, what was your experience with the academic side of things and making sure you kept up with that? see i was i was
3: i found a breeze. I'm not in your breeze it might be because of my degree <laughs> That's the reason
1: they say it's the best time of your life i mean sure uh, there are a lot more cafe elements there that tend to be the case yeah, but yeah. they're only going to say that because it is realistically quite easy i mean there are yeah. there are definitely harder degrees like if you do doing physics good luck yeah <laughs> <laughs> they like any success but the game's the game yeah, yeah. but like, it's
3: like i said in it like um like when it comes to when it comes to university, it's like, it's like you have to. It's like you said Della, like you can't fit your salah and stuff around it. It's not really rocket science. Uh, even when it comes to like lectures as well. I remember once when I was in, I think it was in second year. Um, I had a lecture that was like two hours long. But if I went to that lecture. I'd been since I've been there for two hours. Two hours, a bit, and this was a winter time, so I'd basically completely miss out on asr. Yeah. Um. So I think what I just did was before the lecture started, I just went straight to the lecture and I said, "Listen, I'm going to need a break between because I need to pray my asr, uh, uh, which is like one of the five daily prayers that I need to attend to." And he was like, "Yeah, that's completely fine. I'll do a ten minute break for you in between. Is that all right?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's calm. Thank you." Yeah. And that's all you need to do. Like, it's really, it's really not that difficult. Like, you, you never know unless you ask. Like, a lot of people say, you know, I can't pray salah because it's, um, it clashes with this and it clashes with that. I'm like okay, but you never know what the outcome would be if you just ask. Like you haven't even asked about it, and yet you're already making assumptions that they won't make some um, uh, what do you call it um, uh, exceptions for you. Yeah. So it's like that. Like you you never know unless you do it, and um, you know it's it's just something you just got to jump into <clears throat> and see how it goes. Um, and like I said, as time goes on, it becomes a lot more easier. To be honest, it's, it's a pretty daily excuse now as well. Like you can't make
1: time for it. Like just say you have a class going on. Moise can vouch for this, but I attended about 2% of my lectures. <laughs> 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 that was most people. <laughs> I, I went to the gym more than I went to uni. I was still skinny, but, <laughs> but I went to the gym more the uni. Uh, I literally did not go into class. And the way it's gone now because of COVID, there are certain blessings in it, in the sense that m- most courses, obviously some like medicine, you will have to go in, you'll have labs in certain courses. But for the most part, everything's recapped. You can just do it online. So you can do it at your own time, at your own pace. So there's there's absolutely no excuse.
0: You know, I think what Mullah mentioned as well is just it goes into all aspects of life where if you don't, if you aren't unapologetically Muslim and you think that we're, you've got that inferiority complex of thinking we're less than them, we can't, they can ask for a five-minute fag break at work but you can't ask for five minutes praying to Mars. Yeah. That's the problem with us, not with them. They, they like Mullah said, most people will be like, yeah, that's fine, man, I appreciate what you're doing. Like, even with my work, for example, they're like, yeah, go to mosque, whatever, we don't really mind. You know, we're they're all the team sat downstairs eating, like, uh, having the lunch together. And they all know I go to the masjid, They're like, "Oh, I have, not have." They do say have fun, to be honest. But like, they're just like, "Oh, enjoy it. whatever you're doing. Go enjoy it." But people are a lot more um, considerate and understanding than we give them credit for. Um, but yeah, we, we really need to sort of accommodate that for ourselves. And I think um, one of the things just before I forget is um, in the side building, there's a prayer room, wasn't there? And someone must have asked for that for it to happen. And if you don't if you don't have it there, you need to ask for it. And if you don't ask for it you're never going to get like Muller mentioned is somebody has to go out their way to do that and if you're if you're not going to do it then nobody else probably will either and I think you've got to stick your neck out a bit at, at the beginning and say you know for example oh, I'm fasting today can we do this or that or like Muller mentioned you know namaz is here or there um but yeah Teezer are you going to say something
1: I was just touching on your point like with work so even translating over to work now um in a lot of cases a lot of people do ask they say maybe I need Friday praise um when it came to my job it is, it's essentially the same thing as being un, uh, sorry, unapologetically Muslim in the sense that I didn't ask them for it. I tell, I take my whole lunch every Friday and then I will go to Jum'a separately and I'll tell them because it's a necessity. It's it's a must in my life. Yeah, that's And awesome. they understand that. So in a lot of cases, it is just about speaking it into existence, not asking for everything. A lot yeah. of people need to understand that this is a must in your life as well. Like what Muhammad was saying about within his lecture, Needing to go salah Not missing us or, A lot of the time It's You need to make sure You're not complying And bending to all of their rules Yeah yeah, 100% Because It's not going to help you In the Akira
0: I think university And school Slowly It's probably I don't know if it's one of their intentions Or I don't know if the government Are listening or whatever But <laughs> Like I genuinely think Them environments are made To strip away your Islamic Your Every moral you have Like when you first Go into uni It's freshers week Or everything Nothing counts in freshers week You can do whatever you want and it's about not being held held to account and stuff. And it's it's a scary reality. Like kids in schools now getting taught about LGBT in year three, year four. It's a scary time to be a Muslim, especially like uh, T mentioned in the West. It's very very difficult, uh, not just to hold on to your like Islamic identity, but just to hold on to the fact that you are a Muslim and you do believe in these things. And slowly, slowly, that these things will be stripped away unless you, uh, like everybody's mentioned now on the table, is like you just have to, it's not a you, like when we phrased it before, we said, oh, you can ask them, but like T mentioned a good point there. Like you should tell them that like, this is the, what, this is what needs to happen. Um, and I'm sure Muller did the same thing when he did ask about it. Obviously you got to be respectful to the lecturer and uh, the people, the admin staff, whoever. Uh, but you, you do need to be like unapologetically Muslim. That's probably one of the big things that we've probably said about five times, but yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the things is we all lived out. Uh, I don't know. Muller, did you live out? Yeah. yeah. So we all lived out, right? Now, any of my family listening will know that I've already, whoever's going to uni or whatever, my biggest advice is not to move out. Even though I had a great time. Like I, was, I, was chilling. I was chilling. I was loving it. You know, um, one of the things I really, really missed now looking back, you know, retrospectively is having family around me. And um, I think you miss out on three years of really like bonding with your family, uh, being there for your mom and dad, doing the khidmat of your parents uh, first and foremost and uh, anything secondary that comes to that. Um, So, yeah, my advice would be, you know, not to move out, especially, I know this sounds like it's um, sexist, but with sisters, it's a lot more difficult because um, as a brother anyway, I'm saying it's difficult anyway, Uh, but as a sister, it's even more so to maintain that because... If you don't, if most people start stripping away their hijab when they go to university, if they're not in a, you know, an Asian uh, Muslim, sorry, uh, area, or there's certain things that can happen, but equally, um, even more so maybe with brothers, because they think they've got all the freedoms in the world, uh, whereas women tend to be a bit more conservative. But uh, what's your guys' opinions on like moving out, living out? Do you regret it? Do you not?
1: In terms of the family aspect, I think we kind of had it covered, especially in like second year, because we all live together we yeah. had that support group there. We all went back at the same time. Jihan single-handedly fed me for like a whole term of years. <laughs> like adopted me as like basically a son at some point. <laughs> I, started, I started you. speaking Bengali. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even Bengali. But um, it is, what Jihan said definitely makes a lot of sense. But um, again, it comes back to, it. if you have that right group of friends, sure, you'll miss out on love. Your kid must be your parents, etc. Definitely that's, uh, that's happening. But yeah, you there are certain benefits as well yeah Uh, i think muhammad's got great points because he did take a year out didn't he? yeah
3: so i i what i would actually realize this is um is that when you go to university and you and you're living and you're living at home while you're going to university let's say yeah so let's say you are living at home while you're going to university there's still someone to hold you accountable so no matter what you do at university you'll come back home and your parents will essentially still be there for you and still teach you to stay on the right path, there's still someone you need to answer to um, even though, you know, we should all be answering to Allah in the sense that we should all have taqwa that he is watching us and stuff but um, essentially we'll have someone there who's watching over us so that we can't really like stay out late or we can um, get on with stuff that's morally wrong and stuff so essentially that is what your family would be, would be doing and you know it's a massive benefit that and when you do move out for university you don't necessarily have that like even though we've all had that we've all had that like sensation of someone um holding us accountable whether that be our friends or family or close ones uh when we do move out for university um but who's to say that's always going to be the case you know there's a lot of people who go out and move out for university thinking they're going to stay on the right path but then because their intentions were not clear or they haven't they haven't um essentially got their intentions correctly um they ended up like losing their dean and stuff because they had no one else to answer to so it's a very very it's like if anything staying at home and going to university is a lot better than um moving out and essentially relying on someone who's might not even be there to hold you accountable while you're staying at home you'll have someone accountable um you'll have someone to hold you account to Um, and that's a massive benefit for you for you and your dean
0: yeah i think one of the uh, things that always strikes me is when our teachers and whenever we're in class and stuff, they always say, like, you shouldn't leave the house unless it's for something necessary anyway. Yeah. And when you leave the house, you step out with your left foot and um, you really do the and stuff. And stepping out with your left foot really technically means you're going out into the wild. Like, you know what I mean? It's not going to be yeah. like, it's not a good thing if it's with your left, um, if I'm right in remembering that. Um, but th- to me, it just says that if you're taking that step with your left foot anyway, and you're taking that step outside of uni or school, wherever... Um, it's them three years that you're doing with your left foot it's them three years that you're going to struggle it's them it's not just that day that you're going to live out and stuff and like Muller mentioned it's about having people accountable I mean it's cheaper anyway the rent is expensive wherever you go <laughs> it, but like not just the uh, the, uh, the logical side of things but honestly I think it's just one of the one of my biggest regrets anyway is moving out because Alhamdulillah you know amazing friends you know they're around the table with me right now but I think I missed out on doing khidmat to my parents which was you know it's really sad reality because as we are moving on with our lives, we're 18, we're going to uni or you know, whenever you know. go, I took a couple of years out, so I was 20 or whatever, um, you sort of regret like them three years as you're growing up, they're growing old and you're not really doing, we're not really doing right by our parents by really moving out. Um, now, I just want to go back to before I said, I might have said something a bit wrong when I said about the sisters moving out. The reason I say that is because uh, you should always have a mahram with you as a, as a woman anyway, if you're going beyond 48 miles. So that's why... At that point, we said it was not nothing sexist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andrew, Tate, Donnie's going to come after me, but um, yeah, it was more like that that case. But um, every single son, daughter has a duty towards their parents, and that's the number one thing for me. But um, Moise, I know you, you and your family are quite close. In terms of you went back quite a lot yeah. um, to make sure you're doing right and stuff. And I think there is a good balance, and I think Moise is one of the Moise and T actually both are perfect examples of that. I don't think two weeks went by where you didn't go home and see your parents and stuff. Actually, I don't know if I'm wrong from the Lupti's given it. I'll be completely honest. I went back for Christmas, Easter. But it was, it was fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> I like Yeah, but Moise, how did you manage balancing that? Like, I'll use you then if he's going to be like... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, because you did go back quite a lot, from what I remember, even.
2: I don't remember Yeah, a uh, yeah, no, 100%. I went back when I could, uh, I think second year I had a car and stuff as well, so it was yeah, a bit yeah, easier, so. but yeah, before that it was abs taking me because uh, there was few of us that were from Nottingham. Yeah. Uh, like first and foremost, like uh, like you were saying, like, there's people to hold you uh, accountable and things like that. Uh, I think it's really important, that so if you're going to live out, you need to have that level of maturity to understand that you need to hold yourself accountable before yeah. anyone else as well. Uh, and uh, any of your risks that like, come from Allah, so like t- touching on like the first points as well about how we can uh, can we handle the work-life balance of like university and yeah. uh, like Islam. Uh, as long as you pro- prioritize your Islam, it's super easy for the yeah, university definitely. stuff as well. Like as in, we were jumping out of lectures to like go Jummah, Namaz and stuff, and like realistically, there was only like three, four people in them <laughs> lectures anyway, <laughs> even though it was meant to be like two, three hundred. Uh, yeah, so like going back to it, like you have to understand your responsibilities before going to that uh, like university. I know they say like you become a man at eighteen, but like Islamically, you're way younger than that. You become a man, and you to understand what your responsibilities are, and yeah. uh, whatever you're doing up there and stuff as well. So like taking care of my parents, I understood that it's a massive responsibility as well. Coming back to make sure I look after them and know yeah. how they're doing as well. I mean, I did go quite far away, but I try, I try my best to like come back as much as I could as well. Yeah. Um, it's because, once again, you want to keep your connection with them. But if you stay too too far away, then you start losing touch. And you start losing touch of your roots as well. And you, you must start losing touch of your Islam. Like we said, like, luckily we had each other to like, keep, hold us accountable. But uh, once like we start staying away for so long, we start forgetting about who we are and why we do what we do. And then it just becomes enjoyment for the whole time but yeah you have to understand that i came here i've decided to live on my own i made that active decision to stay away from my family and uh, whoever i've got uh, back home so you have to make sure you go and do what you do with a reason and a purpose so of course you can have fun as well like i was saying uh, there's a there's a balance to it but uh, once again you can't spend what is it 30 40 grand and then just have fun and get nothing out of it at the end of the day it's it's, it's it's crazy (laughs) yeah (laughs) really expensive party so yeah you gotta remember
1: as well that it's a lot of it is riba. I mean, some of you might be fortunate to have your parents pay for it. Some of you might work for it. Alhamdulillah. Like much respect to you. But one, one, I think, blindside that we all we've all gone through is just going to uni because it's expected. No one actually realizes that yeah, this debt, this debt comes with interest, which is haram. It's going to all with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is it is it worth it? There's some fields where you absolutely need it. If you want to be a medical professional, if you want to be a doctor, you have to go to university. Me and Muiz if i'm being completely honest we did not need it we, did we could have done a small yeah. boot camp we could have just self-taught youtube i mean i learned most of my degree from indian dunnies on, <laughs> on youtube but, uh, <laughs> that's being completely honest because we didn't go to the lectures but um you, if, you, if you're making the active decision first you need to consider the the um <clears throat> the fact that riba is a part of it so how are you going to handle that especially on top of that you want to make sure you go with the right intention and find the right people there. Yeah. yeah, Again, yeah. yeah. Again, be unapologetic about it. I mean, I remember the stories of Moise getting caught scanning out of a lecture (laughs) while I was trying to go to Jumba. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's crazy.
2: crazy. But yeah, I agree. I think my biggest regret is obviously getting involved in the riba as well. It's it's definitely... And the thing is, there's so many alternatives now. I don't think there were like a while time. What was that? Five years ago now. But Even then, there was. It's just... We didn't look. have we, grown yeah. up in
1: we've grown up in an era where it's expected from parents because a lot of them didn't get to go to university themselves, and the only measured way of success at that time was Academic your children degree. or you going to uni getting yeah. a degree. But <laughs> there's degree apprenticeships where they pay you and they send you off to go study, so you're not actually paying for anything. You're not dealing with no yeah, interest. yeah, yeah. It's all paid for and and depending on your course, a lot of it. I'm sorry if you do an art. You're wasting your time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't appreciate it. I will I'll do. it. Like obviously, now there's a lot of different things. If you want to be a doctor, you kind of have no choice. Uh, in which case, there are other avenues. It's a lot tougher. You might have to save up and work on the side, or yeah. you might be fortunate enough to have your parents pay for you. Um, I think Muhammad has a
3: yeah. So I something think, to say. I think recently there was a notion put forward by a few a few youngsters. Um, towards the government, where the government are working towards a Sharia compliant uh, loan for yeah, Muslim students lot and it's slowly going to be released I think by 2025 I think they're hoping to release it so you never know by that time it might actually be a lot easier for Muslim students to go to university but again there's there's so much more to it than just the loan, is it's, it's a lot, like Moe like said as well, it's, a lot, it's mm. a lot about that maturity and having the the responsibility that you well the you need to have that sense of responsibility when you go to university because like you said, you need to hold yourself accountable. You can't rely on anyone else to hold you accountable. You need to know um, where you stand in terms of your faith and what what will make you lose your faith, and um, you need to stay away from those things. And you need to make sure that you you attach your heart to stuff like the masjid and like um, pious people around you, so that you so that you don't lose your iman and that you're you're constantly attached to the faith regardless of where
0: you are. I think that's a really really good point in terms of pious people, pious people even. Um, especially in the UK, if you're going to uni in the UK, no matter which town or city you go to uni, there'll be some you know, molanas there'll be all of my around. But we, we really that's one thing I do. Uh, you know, I had my mother, who's obviously he's a molana himself. Um, but attaching yourself to that community of people is so so important. They're the spiritual lights for us to to do what we do. Um, they're the examples that we've got in living, you know, breathing examples of the Sunnah. Um, of you know, and not just having the Quran go through their th- throats, but through their hearts, and you know, really feeling that and I think that's something we all missed out on to be honest because I remember once we were walking to um, Medina Masjid in Newcastle, I don't know if you guys remember this, Tarawi, and some guy pulled up and was like, oh do you guys want a lift? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that just made me, I was thinking about that the other day and I was thinking like, we never really, really took advantage of them opportunities that we had around us. We just thought that uni was our thing and we're not even in a new town. We're just doing uni, like Newcastle Uni, that's it. But we didn't really think about the town itself and we didn't really attach ourselves to the, the masjids and stuff. I remember going to like a, a freshers' event at, at Medina Masjid where they had like all the new Muslims in the area and stuff. And I don't think we took advantage of that opportunity. Um, but yeah, just going back a, a step to what we were talking about in terms of regrets and... Um, <laughs> you know my regret was living out and you know that's what uni taught me but there's a lot of things that uni taught each of us individually like uh, like i said you know taught me to also uh, take responsibility for even if i am living out like moise said make sure still to do the of your parents and still go back and still have that connection with your family etc and but what are the things that you guys learned from uni like in terms of let's spin it a bit positive now so like (laughs) what was the good things like I remember going to uni and learning that I had to wash my clothes and all that kind of stuff. You know, you get used to that aspect of life. Probably not worth, you know, letting go of, you know, your home and stuff. But um, what else did uni teach you guys in terms of the good side of it? I go first? Yeah, come on. Yeah,
3: so I'd say with me it's independence. Um I think I think throughout my childhood I was like very dependent on people. Um I wasn't like kind of thinking by myself or Doing stuff on my own, yeah. Um, but then, as soon as I went to I went to university, I had that independent thinking. I had I had that way of life where I had to do stuff for myself um, by myself. And as time went on, I realized how important it was to actually have that kind of thing with me. Um, it developed my emotional intelligence, my maturity. Uh, it made me have that kind of sense of responsibility as well. It all developed uh, through university. And by the time I by the time I left, um, I became a lot more mature in terms of. Um, how I viewed the world, um, what I wanted to be and how I want to how I want to get there. So a lot of, there was a lot of self realisation throughout the entire university journey and I'm, I'm actually glad I went through the entire thing and a lot of people contributed to that as well. Um, so yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah I'd say uh, honestly
2: one of the biggest ones uh, on the flip side is that the Islamic community there as well so the things with uh, the ISOC and things like that it was a great way to like learn from yeah, more different, different people yeah. like, you know Brother Omar and uh, even meeting other people at like Munshi like all the way from South yeah. Africa you got like, a different taste of the religion and stuff like that as well and it's like Another one for like uni, like you could, you could see what the, the type of people you wanted to be like, but you could very much easily see the type of people you didn't want to be like. Yeah, exactly so if yes. you were out past <laughs> 11, you had like active examples, you could just see, <laughs> you know, why would I, like, why would I want to do what they're doing? Yeah, you could, as obviously you you can just see these people coming out of the clubs or going or wherever they're going and you could just, you just feel sorry for them at the end of the day. And you could just see that like, this isn't what you want to do. And it like, reaffir- reaffirms and reassures you of like, your religion and things as well. So like, going there, you, you obviously could fall into the wrong things, but you can actively, very easily see people doing the wrong things. And you're just like, why would I even want to think yeah, of things, exactly. things like that? T?
1: Okay. Yeah, um, to me, to carry on on that. Uh, i say some of our best conversations were very late at night though. <laughs> yeah. We sat in Oxford <laughs> House or in one of the houses that we had yeah. in the second year. Just discussing Dean discussing where we're going wrong, etc. But that walk kind. back was horrible because you did see them people out on the bar. <laughs> Yeah, especially to where you lived because you yeah. were right next to it. But Alhamdulillah, in that time, I'd, I'd say my biggest takeaway from university, um, like what Muhammad was saying earlier about the independence, mine was mostly with my salar. So when they did finally kick into gear and I got on it properly, it was it was the first time where I didn't have, for instance, do you know how your mother dots on you and told you, it's time to go pray like, it's time for us, yeah. etc. But to actually... Be aware of it yourself to have that fear for it and that worry for it um and to just continue with that set it as a part of your routine etc i say that was probably the best thing i learned to do by myself yeah definitely um yeah with complete independence
0: Um just we're going to wrap up inshallah um in a second after this, this is the last point and this point is about any advice you've got you know, two students going and stuff. And one of my advices was, and Moise and T will remember this, we came up with like halal motives. As every week when things I'm were like, Italian. yeah, like we think of something to do that's halal. Whether we go karting, we always said paintballing, but we never went. But you know, <laughs> there was something we do even if we went out for desserts or whatever. Sweet dreams, um, best dessert place ever. By the way, yeah, um, <laughs> we always used to do something in a halal capacity, so we didn't feel like we were missing out. Because once you start feeling that gap that you're missing out on something and the grass is greener on that other side, that's when the problem starts kicking because you're like, oh, I need to taste this or I need to go for that. I want to, you know, see what that's all about. But if you have having a halal alternative there at all times, um, it's it's just always, it's just easier for people to make that decision. So I think, I think it was us three and Ali that actually came up with it, and Niyaz and Shaka, if I remember right, that we'll do something every week that's halal. And not, not exactly, we're not doing something that's haram every week anyway, but I was like, we'll do something that's like, a motive that we'll do um, at least once a week so people have something to look forward to and I think that's one of the biggest pieces of advice i'll give is have your friends around you do your work you know get your head down and um, still crack on because there is a need for it and especially um like tea, like everyone's mentioned actually you know there's obviously alternatives to to interest um Islamic finance guru right now has got a lot of i think it's got six steps to getting you um halal finance for uni so there's different ways of doing it in this day and age I don't think I understood the implications of it, to be honest. I just knew that everyone's going union. This is the way to do it. Um, but yeah, now obviously that's one of the biggest regrets. But yeah, that's my piece of advice to everyone else: um, to have something with your friends once a week um, to make sure you just you're still tasting that freedom, but in the right ways, basically, um, and attaching yourself to you know our pious predecessors that are around, or pious people so that are around, um, just making sure you you know you learn from them, like uh, Moise mentioned, like. There's so many people, different people with different perspectives, perspectives on Islam at uni. That you can learn something from each and every single one of them. Um, so you know, just be open minded in that way as well. Doesn't matter what group they're in. What doesn't matter what their, um, to be honest, it doesn't even matter what their qida is and stuff like that. Like just as long as they're good people, you can learn something off them. Um, we'll go around this way, so, Mullah, Do you have any like piece of advice? I'm sure you covered a lot in your podcast anyway. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, just to sum it up a bit. Uh, don't go. <laughs> <laughs>
3: No, I would say, uh, I'd say only go if you absolutely have to. Um, and if you are going to go, then know what to expect. You know, a lot of people, they go to university not knowing what to expect and they just get sucked into the entire um, fit now. It all. Um, so if anything, um, you know what, know what to expect. Make sure your intentions are correct of what exactly you want to get out of it. Um, what exactly your experience is, is going to be so that you can prepare yourself for it and plan accordingly. And also make sure that your companions are... Um, well you make the right companies essentially because uh, they could either make or they could make or break your entire experience um, they could either lead you down the wrong path or they could lead you on the right path and you get to choose that um, from the get-go so you know be prepared plan forward and make sure you protect your dean while you're at uh,
2: yeah no quickly on what Mullah just said as well about uh, going to uni like, there's definitely alternatives out there to uni I know there's a lot of stigma around things like apprenticeships and things like that but I know people who uh, people who are on, like apprenticeships, like being electricians, labourers, and they are on like way more money than me. <laughs> and you know, I've spent four years at uni, so that like, <laughs> you have to understand that these things are also like valid, valid alternatives. You can still get your education and well, you're earning money at the same time. So you probably have more free time to do the things you think you're going to be able to do yeah, uni, yeah. whilst you're actually doing yeah, whilst you're actually doing a job and getting paid at the same time. But no, my like one piece of advice, like this. Not on a downer, but T, your your advice is gonna have to be a positive one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to remember that you're gonna get resurrected in the state that you die in. So like, uh, when you're like young eighteen or well, you're curious or whatever as well, but uh, you have to understand that whatever happens, like you're gonna be resurrected in that state. So even though you think, oh, I could just try it, I can just do it once, you don't know. You're 100, like 200 miles away from home that like you could die on that day. Oh, yeah. You don't, you don't know when you're gonna die. And you have to understand that there's no point even trying them sorts of things when you know that uh, they're haram at the end of the day. And uh, at the end of the day, you're going to be held accountable for it as well.
1: That's a tough one to follow. <laughs> uh, I'd say my advice is, if you're going to go uni, if you absolutely have to, don't go to study art. <laughs> don't waste your time, man. I think they got that from um, the first minute, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, time, use right? yeah it's, it's easy to agree, man. Now, um, to be completely honest, we've spent a lot of this podcast talking about how your friends, your environment can affect you. I think it's also very important that you understand that you can affect other people in the same way. Yeah. So be very conscious of how what your actions are doing, um, how they're affecting the people around you, because you could very easily be the same person, um, sorry, the person on the other side, leading someone to do something, leading them astray effectively. So be very conscious of that, and yeah, just make, make sure you're absolutely certain that that decision is uh, necessary for you, the decision of going to uni, and make sure you're going with the right intention. Inshallah, you'll be all right, man. Like, we patented. it, I didn't go to uni, I went there, I did not go, I went for four years, I did a master's for no reason. Because I had no idea what to do. Unfortunately, now I'm stuck with riba and the debt, that's that's finesse me, but, Inshallah, if you, if you make the correct intentions and you, you sort it out properly and do better than us, then you'll be okay.
0: Yeah, and for those that are thinking of going to uni, um well, I mean, if we've not put you off anyway, but like... <laughs> um, <laughs> It's obviously, fun. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Firstly, obviously, do much water with your family, your parents, your friends. People have done the course. Um, Mr. Shahid obviously the first step. Um, obviously before that, you should have your own accl and your own intelligence in in terms of, do you think this is the right decision for you? Do you think personally it's going to benefit you? Um, and you know, there's always a need for Muslim medics. Uh, Muslim, maybe I don't know if T's put down Muslim artists, but like there's a <laughs> there's a need in the Muslim ummah for electricians, plumbers, every every trade. and um, because we we need Muslims to do well and excel in everything they do. Um, so if uni is the way that you're planning to do that, you know, make sure you go for do Mashwara, um, you know, speak to your family and your friends who have done courses and stuff and, and you know, just get around a table like this and have a chat with people and open yourself up to that. At the same time, you know, please, this is my w- other advice, is just look for halal alternatives because every single one of us on this table regret that, you know, massively. And it's something that, you know, we should have looked into more um, and it was all our own faults, to be honest, like there probably was alternatives that we didn't, you know, search for or seek for. Um, and the last thing was obviously to do um, istikhara, and, you know, ask for goodness uh, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he blesses you in that journey of uni, uh, of, you know, even there's dunya, is ilm still, and um, inshallah, you know, try and work on your Islamic knowledge as well at the same time, you know, there's loads of, every uni has classes every month or some talks or lectures or there'll be something there or attach yourself to the uh, pious people in the area and learn from them. Um, but, yeah, that's basically pretty much it. But I just want to say jazakallah to all the boys for coming. And um, Moises drove like he's going to drive in total about five, six hours just to come for this uh, one hour podcast. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, jazakallah to all the boys and uh, jazakallah for everyone listening. This will be uploaded on Apple and Spotify in the next hour or so, inshallah. Um, so, please put your friends and family on it um, if you found anything beneficial. And if there's any topics, um, our Instagram DMs are always open for um, any topics that you want us to discuss, inshallah. مسياء جزاك الله سلام عليكم الله